listening to the Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech, betting on the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need, money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be the day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro, the Moneyline Matadors, the Casino Cowboys, the Parlay Picadors. You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns and those who dig. You dig. With the Gambling Gauchos. Oh, and one more thing. It's all West Texas. It always has been. Welcome to the Gambling Gauchos. I'm Rob Rowe. He's Kyle Jacobson. Live in the Cardinal Sports Center studio, as always, coming to you from the Republic of Football feed, part of Dave Campbell's magazine, TexasFootball.com. They uh, are wrapping up production on the uh, Summer Magazine, the the keystone to their program over there. I uh, got to talk to Mike Craven, who does the college write-ups in the uh, the magazine. He was very excited. He did the 11 stops across Texas, caught him when he was in Lubbock. Uh, really excited for that. But uh, live in the Cardinals First Center Studio, if you need to gear up for, let's see, one more baseball series at home, I think pretty much confirmed after this weekend. Then you have uh, anything you need to do this summer. If you are going to go to the Lubbock Matadors games, you need to gear up for those. They have official kits over there and more. And anything else you need, Texas Tech-related or just fashion, they've got it over there at Cardinals, mycardinalsports.com, or right outside the loop on Slide Road. Kyle, how you doing, man? I'm good. Or maybe if your kid's playing select baseball this summer, yeah. you've got a, you know, a, a flamethrower or even just a pitcher who can throw strikes on a select baseball team, they can uh, get the team uniforms over there at Cardinals. And if you need a sponsor, we were a short one this year. So, <laughs> should we should we throw the uh, the other sponsor under the bus that stole our thunder? No, we're not going to. Uh, Ask that guy present in the comment section. And then uh, Big Hand calls you Cowboy Kyle. <laughs> I thought I thought Big Hen wanted to beef with me some more, but uh, maybe um, that's a, maybe that's a negative. Cowboy Kong. Oh, see, I thought City Boy was a negative. Maybe that was a term of endearment all along. Who knows? Maybe so. Hey, uh, I am in the market for a new cowboy hat. Have you been looking uh, at maybe a bolero or a, a gambler style black cowboy hat? I would like to roll into Laramie with a, uh, you know, the flat. The flat top with yes. the rim that goes up, the, the flat-brimmed gaucho style. Um, Clint Eastwood and the good, the bad, and the ugly. That hat. The black yes. hat. That's what I want. I So when we go to Laramie, I want to roll in there like everybody fitted out just like Clint Eastwood. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to have a cigarillo in my mouth just like Clint Eastwood. You got to have a backwoods cigar. 
Yeah, dude, I'll be. Oh yeah. I need to find like a pearl snap with some red and black on it or some cacti. Oh, yeah. But oh yeah, I'll be in that thing oh, look looking good. good. Need to find a Western Wear store here in Lubbock to to fit oh. us up. Oh, yeah, I'm sure down in Fort Worth. That's a good idea, dude. Like news broadcasters, every time it's over, they're like, you know, David Collier's suit provided by Dillard's oh, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that's I'll a good idea, Rob. Jot that I'll down. That. Jot that down. Uh, what else do we need to get into? Kansas State baseball uh, beating Texas Tech over the weekend. Now, a few things. I don't think we really previewed that series. I did extensively uh, on the radio this week on my last week of radio at KKAM. I, you know, a few things. They're Friday night guys, a left-hander, you struggle with left-handers. And you were seven and eight in the Tablock era and Manhattan going into that series. So I knew it was going to be a struggle. You needed to win two of three. But this is like the last series that doesn't matter it, it matters. It matters a great deal. But this is the last series that you can kind of afford to lose. You can't afford to lose anymore in Morgantown. And you cannot afford to lose against Kansas and Lubbock. Um, but, but right now, you are officially on the bubble. I think yeah. after this weekend. Yeah, I'd say so. And, you know, people are asking all over Twitter and everything, like, how many more wins do you need? And the answer to me is, I don't know. the The problem is, you you don't have uh, well, you do have West Virginia. If you win that series, I think that'd be good for your RPI. But besides that, like, none of these games are going to move the needle. You know, you're going to be sixty one RPI going in. You win, and you're going to be sixty one RPI. So it, it's tough. And we've mentioned the the mismatch between your ranking in the top 25 and your RPI all season. And so that was kind of more geared toward like the hosting conversation because you're, you're ranking. And if you finish one or two in the big 12, it'd be like, that's typically you'd be in the hosting discussion, but your RPI has never been um, in the realm of hosting. And and now it's catching up to you. Like you're not going to finish first or second in the big 12. You're not going to be ranked 14th in the country when the season is over. And so that RPI, the all-important number there, doesn't look that good for you. And if you were – I mean, like, I'll be honest here. We gripe about this when it happens to Texas football or Notre Dame football. Like, if you did a blind resume test right now, Kansas State and Texas Tech, um, like my mom asked me, and she doesn't know anything about college baseball. She goes, why is Tech 14th and Kansas State is unranked? And I was like, well, I guess we've beaten some better teams. Like, you know, we took the series against Oklahoma State or whatever, but – you're probably benefiting from from past history. And so can you get in with an RPI in the 50s? I, I don't know. I, I hope so because you're not going to finish much higher than that, even if you were to like win out, which is borderline impossible. Um, I don't know how high the RPI would go, like maybe 45 if you won out. Yeah. Um, this question, do you make the tournament yes or no? Uh, yes, right now. Uh, the comment continues, if we don't make the tournament this year, is it the biggest disappointment of the Tadlock era? Um, yeah. I mean, beyond that 17 team that lost at home in a regional. Uh, but, yeah, regular season-wise, this is 
you just you should be better. And it was that one loss extra in Austin beyond, you know, not only losing the series, but getting swept. And that's really the difference. And, you know, this scheduling, we keep going back to it, but in basketball and baseball both, you've just been plain hurt by scheduling. And you can't really blame this baseball schedule. Now, did you have a Western Illinois and a North Dakota? Yes. Those should not be on the schedule. But Gonzaga just sucking is not your fault. Iowa just sucking is not your fault. Um, Could you have found more road series maybe, and that helps your RPI, but, I mean, at some point the teams you play just have to be good. Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon is a tournament team last year. They're not really anywhere close this year. So it's a little up and down, but you have to find a way to have a better opportunity schedule-wise so you don't have to be perfect. Well, and again, you're also hurt by the Big 12. This is typically a conference where the top two or three teams have legitimate yeah. aspirations to make a deep run in the postseason. You know, like even last year, TCU wins the conference. Oklahoma is a national runner up. Texas is hosting a regional and a super regional. Oklahoma State is hosting a super regional. And this year, I mean, I guess West Virginia is trending this way, but besides them, you don't have any elite teams. And so, even when you're playing TCU, and at the time that looked like a really good conference series win, it wasn't pretty. But now TCU's RPI is not good, just like yours. And so you go on the road to Manhattan, a tough place to win, as you've alluded to. And you really needed to win that series, I thought. And you, you get almost no credit for beating them because their RPI is right there with yours. And so you just don't have these opportunities to play the RPI 10 or 15 or 20 team in the country week in and week out like you typically do in this conference. And so I'm I'm nervous about the tournament now at this point. Like I think that going into this six-game conference road stretch in Manhattan, in Morgantown, you probably needed to go 500. And you made it harder on yourself because West Virginia is the better team. And now it really feels like you need two out of three there. Yeah, and – Again, your RPI is going to get better just by playing West Virginia if they continue to win. Uh, You've pretty much backed yourself into a corner to have to sweep Sam Houston. You have to beat ACU. If you play that game that you were down 6-0 in, you have to come back and win. And Kansas, you have to win that series. And this is just to make the tournament. I mean, the math is not mathing right now to do anything but be a three seed if you're going to be what you've been. Now, what's even more frustrating is your Friday and Saturday starter in the last two weekends have been the best they've been all year. You didn't walk a batter until Brandon Beckel came in on Saturday. When's the last time a Texas Tech pitching staff did that? I don't know. And that's what we've been clamoring for all season was like, can you find because yeah. let's go and, back. And to you last still year. lost the series at the end of last year. You had Andrew Morris who, yeah, he had some bad starts, but for the most part he could deal. And you have Birdsell on Saturday, always dealing. And then Chase Hampton really found it in the last three or four starts on Sunday. And this year we're like, we're not looking for three good weekend starters. Like, can we get one good weekend starter? Yeah. And you, you're finally getting that with Molina on Friday and Parrish on Saturday, 
and so, great. I said this in the Discord. How do you lose a game three to two with the way this roster is constructed? Like, it almost makes more sense, as crazy as it is, to win or lose a game like TCU game one when it was 20 to 16. It's like, that's how this team is built, to score a lot of runs, and we haven't really been able to keep anybody else off the scoreboard. But how do you? How does your starter go six innings, give up one run, and you lose with the way this roster is constructed? Because their lefty went 125 pitches, and you're way worse. I would like to see the splits. But it feels like you're way worse against lefty pitching. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, way worse. And I, I want to circle back to a question in the comment. Would this be the biggest disappointment of the Tadlock era? Yes. I think you could maybe make an argument that 2015, when you were just coming off of a World Series trip and you didn't make the tournament. Um, and so maybe that's recency bias talking. But, yeah, you have a Big 12 Player of the Year candidate. One through nine in your lineup can rake. And you've got dudes on the bench who aren't in the starting lineup who can rake. Pitching has been a problem most of the season, but you finally found that, at least to some extent, on Friday and Saturday starting. You have a really good closer, Brandon Beckham, but it's like you, you're you not winning enough games. You're giving um, away runs. Yeah. And so the the way you lost on Friday, l- losing any game three to two with the bats you have, and as desperate as you've been for an outing where your pitching staff gives up three runs, losing that way is brutal. You win Saturday, that's great. And then the way you lost Sunday is also brutal. Um, you score eight runs, which ought to be enough to win most baseball games. You blow a 5-2 lead. You blow an 8-6 lead. Um, it's just you you couldn't throw strikes. Like the, I'm not trying to diminish what Kansas State did because I think they're a good baseball team. But when you go in that sixth inning, when you walk or hit seven batters – and they don't they don't get a single base hit, but they score four runs or whatever it was, or two runs. Like, what are we doing? And you you rotate, you platoon in like every bullpen arm you have. Like eight guys pitched today, yeah. nine guys. Yeah. None of them could throw strikes. No. And so it's not you know we like to as fans we like to pick on one player and like find a scapegoat. It's like if you don't have a single pitcher out of the bullpen who can throw strikes, that's not. To me, that's something deeper in terms of coaching, development, preparation, whatever the case may be. Um, and so I was just begging. I was like, look, if they can beat us by hitting doubles and stuff, great. But we're just beating them and walking them around the bases. And that was a brutal way to lose a baseball game. Yeah. It was. And both teams really needed it. Both teams really needed it. And it- – <laughs> I don't say this very often, but Kansas State looked like a better coached team this weekend. I mean, you, you still just have the mental errors, the the physical errors, you know, throwing it into third instead of second to hold a guy at first. You throw it into third and he gets to second. Uh, run scores. The, the actual errors, kicking off your glove, whatever else. And Tracer Lopez has been really good. And he erased his error on the Saturday game because he hit a home run and won the game. But, you know, the, the free runs that you give up, you're just talking about the inning where you walked everybody and hit a couple. Just brutal. Those are free runs. Well, I think free it was. Free runs in, that you just give up in every series. I can't remember what inning it was. 
and I can't remember who the base runner was now, but there was two outs, and I guess you had a runner on first and a runner on second. And so I think it was Bazell gets a base hit, runner from second scores. I think that was Hester. And like I said, I can't remember who was on first, but uh, he tries to stretch it from second to third, gets thrown out. It ends the inning. And it's like, well, you would have loved to have a guy on first and second with maybe the best bat in the country coming up. And yes. He's, and he's been struggling the last couple series. but He got a hit in the next at-bat. Yep. And then I think the guy after him got on base. And so, like, you do score runs the inning after that. But you're like, how much did we leave on the table by not finishing out that inning and then starting with a clean slate the next inning? So it and at the time you're like, okay, well, we got it to five to two. Maybe that didn't wind up hurting you so bad. But when you wind up losing ten to eight, that's the kind of mistake that can you look back on and go, okay, yeah, that's that's kind of on us. Yeah, you you might have even could have pushed the reliever earlier. Uh, yeah. Ross Ross says. Um, this just isn't a deep run team, but they're fun. And as, as and so long as we don't end up in Fayetteville, we'll be a three seed nobody wants to see. I, I do agree. And look, this team is tough and they're resilient and they fight all the way to the end. But I just don't see this team getting out of a regional. Um, and I, I hope they get to a regional. Uh, supers are still on the table as it stands in a knockout format. Hey, anything can happen. Um, what's the problem with this team? Lowest fielding percentage in the conference. Pitching fails with maybe three men having a good year on the bump. Bats going cold and long stretches. What else? I think that's it. You can't execute some fundamentals. I mean, you you walk a lot of guys, and then once they're there, uh, they can all, almost always lay a sack bunt down if you feel that properly. You know, if you don't airmail it past first or whatever. Um, you can't keep guys on base, so they steal. Like, you said this during the TCU series, which, yeah, you won two out of three. But it was like, we walk a guy, and that's a de facto triple because he's still second, he steals third. And yeah. You can't have every guy who gets on base, like, easily move into scoring position without any pushback. And so it's frustrating. You know, the the mantra has been, if you can hit, we'll find a place for you to stand. But you're seeing kind of the downside of that philosophy when you can't field a bunt or execute some basic base running or don't have a single pitcher out of eight in the bullpen who can not walk a guy or not being a guy. And so it's great that everybody can rake one through nine, but there's limitations to that, obviously. Uh, Starter wants an honest assessment of the bullpen. What's going on? It started with Divine against the Aggies. It was Bravo against the Aggies and never improved. Uh, I would counter that with that's untrue. Your bullpen has been really good in stretches. Um, Beckel and Free were dominant over a couple of Big 12 series. Um, You were really good for a stretch. You beat TCU with a good bullpen. You beat um, Oklahoma State with a good bullpen. Uh, you, you gave up, you know, the walk-offs in a couple of uh, games against Texas and New Mexico, but it's been an up-and-down bullpen. It has. But I think that's what's more frustrating is because, like, Brandon Gurton we know can shove. We know he can't. Andrew Devine in 2020 was absolutely nails. 
and he's been nails every fifth appearance since. But those other four appearances just haven't been good. But it's guys that come in that can throw strikes. They just don't for whatever reason. I think that's one of the biggest gripes is lack of progress in season. So like Kyle Robinson starts the year as your Friday night starter and some ups and downs, but he looks pretty good out of the bullpen in, in a pretty good stretch. Like I don't remember that stat, but his like last 16 innings pitch were really good or whatever, but other guys, you know, uh, I don't know. It's like, you don't see any improvement within the season. You would think that these guys would get a little bit better once they get some big 12 series under their belt or something. Um, and you just don't see that like you did last year. So last year you were nails Friday and Saturday with your starter and you were looking all year for a Sunday starter. Chase Hampton rounds into really good form. Like I, he was every bit as good, if not better than a Friday and Saturday starter, his last three starts. But you haven't had a guy make that jump. And especially with all the arms you've been trying, you would hope that two or three guys would make that jump. And at least so far, they just haven't. Um. So I, I think that's, you know, it, I viewed it as kind of a numbers game earlier in the season. I was like, look, you have enough guys that are trusted to go out there and get some pitches under their belt. Some of them are going to round into form and be reliable options for you, but it just hasn't been the case. And I'm I'm confused as to whether or not Bo Blessy is healthy enough to pitch. Because if the answer to that question is yes, then he should be pitching to more than one or two batters at a time. Yeah. If the, if the answer is no, then he shouldn't be in the game. Because he goes out there right. and, yes, he walked um, a batter because he came in with the bases loaded and walked in a run. And besides missing uh, his spot on the full count, the stuff looked good. He's throwing a 75, 76-mile-an-hour curveball with some bite. Um, and then he's coupling that with a fastball that's 20 miles an hour faster. And you don't have anybody else on the staff who can throw that. And so if he's – if he's good to go, then like I want to see him face more than one batter, and I want to see him come in before the bases are loaded in the most clutch spot of the game. And if he's not healthy enough, then leave him on the bench. Yeah. So I'm I'm still confused as to what's going on there. Uh, this texture: Why does Matt Gardner make his closers throw breaking balls the first two pitches every time? It's the most obvious thing he's done, and he's done it for three years. I agree. Your bullpen should be throwing fastballs. Now, I'm not the pitching coach. I'm not a. I'm not a, a smart man. I've been told, but I would love to just throw gas in college baseball. Just throw hard, see what happens. Especially when you throw 95, like Bo Blessy or some of those guys. What was it? Josh Sanders touching 95 today. Just go up and rear back and throw a strike and see what happens. Yeah, after you walk six or hit six batters in a row uh, and the next walk or the next hit by pitch is going to score a run, you're like, you know what? If they can hit a single, more power to them. But, like, I would like to see them have to take the bat off their shoulder at least once during an A-B. Um, we're getting a comment, where is Bravo? I don't know. I don't know where Tabor Fast was. We talked about this last episode that he pitched one of the two midweek games two weeks ago looked really good, and I thought you were going to hold him out of the midweek the following week so that he could get inserted into the weekend rotation. You pitched, I don't know, 15 guys this weekend, and he wasn't one of them. And so 
I don't know if he had a, a practice injury flare up or, or something else. Um, and I don't know if it, it would have mattered. I mean, everything else you tried didn't really work, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for, for some of the pitching decisions and where you go from here, really. Like it feels like you've kind of tried most everything. Our best teams have been elite defensively and on the mound. And those are what we have been missing the last two seasons. Um, I, I don't know. In 19, you, you didn't even have a shortstop. Josh Young had to play shortstop. Um, you, you were shifting everybody around the whole year. And it didn't feel like the pitching rounded into form until real late in that year. But, I mean, you had Hayden Howard. You had Corey Taylor in 14. You had um, – Oh, uh, Haveman, the Save Man, there that one year. So you've and the Taylor Floyd. So you've always had that one bullpen guy, and I thought it was Beckel, but Beckel has been struggling too lately. Uh, I'm gonna try to get through some more of these comments. We got a bunch here. Uh, how do you have a player that leads the nation in homers and another that leads the nation in doubles and missed the tournament? Wolf, we haven't missed the tournament yet. Uh, has Tadlock shaken up his coaching staff since he took over the program? Yes, but not. His choice, Ray Hayward, step took a step back due to health reasons. Um, but no, it's been the same guys, and really, you just promoted one and added in Eric Gutierrez, and that's just been the staff. Can I comment on that real quick? Yeah, I know that people want a a coaching change for your your pitching coach, Tim Tadlock is seeing the same thing that all of us are seeing and probably actually understands the root causes and potential solutions 10 times better than any of us. And so the every night reminders after a game is, in my opinion, a little bit excessive. Like if he's going to be stubborn and not make a change there, then he's not going to do it. And he's earned the right to run this program however he wants to. But if he does make the same conclusion as all these fans calling for a change, then he'll do that after the season and then we can move on. But I think a lot of fans are kind of beating a dead horse. And I don't know why they're telling us, Rob, to fire the pitching coach. You and I are not the head coach. We're not the athletic director. We don't make personnel decisions. So go tell somebody – like email Tim Tadlock, find somebody who has his phone number and tell him how to run his staff. But we're not going to and we don't make – coaching decisions, personnel decisions. So I don't know why people are mad at us about it. I will say I've been frustrated now for two straight seasons, and this is not a pitching coach thing, though I do think they should throw more fastballs. But, again, as soon as they start throwing a bunch of fastballs, you're sitting fastball and just hammering out the park anyways. But I will say this. Something has to be done about the – just defensive indifference on stolen bases. And I know that's not exactly what it is, but you've just been so bad at that. And it's a combination of um, pitchers holding batters on, hitters, runners on, first base, looking at them on second, uh, converted catcher being behind the plate for most of the season in these last two years. And – his pop and jump is not as crisp as it could be. 
I don't know what it is, but it's a combination of things, and that has to get better. Is that coaching? Is that uh, execution? I don't know, but that is really, really tough. Like, you have to be better at that next year if you want to especially compete with these teams you're competing with because Oklahoma, West Virginia, Kansas State, uh, TCU was running all over you. And you've won some of those series. This is just your second Big 12 series you've lost. But because of your non-con, you're 70 in the RPI and on the bubble. We have a comment from Big Hen clarifying something from earlier. He says, oh, we beefing. And so I guess the beef is on. The best beef in West Texas is found at Rahino Barbecue out in Olton, Texas, RahinoBBQ.com. Order ahead because the lines get long. The gospel of Rahino Barbecue is spread all across West Texas, and now people line up around the building or around the food truck. If you uh, find the mobile food truck going across West Texas, check them out on social at RahinoBBQ. And thank you to Rahino for their support of the Gambling Gauchos. I know we have a no free ads policy, but can I give one shout out? Yeah. All hell meets in uh, Wolferth butcher shop out there. Got some ribeyes and uh, New York strips for my uh, dinner tonight. They were really good. Sue Vita finished them on the Blackstone. One of the best steaks I've had in a long time. So all hell meets. If you want to go get you some meat. But if you don't want to cook it yourself, Rahino Barbecue will do it for you. <laughs> um, I don't have a whole lot else to say on baseball other than on the NCAA tournament debate. Um, there have been times where, uh, you know, a Texas Tech basketball team, I would argue like, okay, yeah, they need to be a two seed instead of a three seed or, or whatever. I'm not really going to make an argument that this team deserves anything at this point. Like, if you wanted to be in the NCAA tournament, I know we ran through the non-conference scheduling and how that can be a drag on your RPI. But at some point, it's like, you know what? Beat the worst team in the conference on your home field. Um, finish a sweep against Iowa or Oklahoma. Don't give away two separate two- or three-run leads in Manhattan by just refusing to pitch a strike. Don't get swept in Austin. Don't blow two... Yeah. Uh, ninth inning leads on Saturday and Sunday in Austin. And so if this comes down and we're on the bubble and we don't make it, like I'll, I'll be disappointed like anyone and I'm not going to trash the team or the coaches, but it's like, yeah, like win more baseball games. If you want to make the tournament, nobody's treated you unfairly. You're in the top 15 in the country right now. In fact, you're probably being given the benefit of the doubt more so than um, that being a detriment to you. So, you want to make the NCAA tournament quit choking games away and win some ball games and you'll be there. Like that's what that's been the recipe this past decade when you've been a staple in the postseason. What's your one to ten worry level about Omaha? About Omaha? <laughs> Nine. <laughs> what about just making the tournament? I would say six. I think it's probably sixty yeah. forty that you don't make it at this point. Um, yeah, and you know, and that's baking seven. in my belief that you won't win the series in Morgantown. Of course, if you take two out of three, I'll say this too. Last year, around this time, everybody thought you were toast, and you go sweep in Stillwater, a team that was uh, tops in the Big 12 at the time and set to host a regional. I would love to see history repeat itself. 
And people are like, oh, that's ridiculous. You're not going to sweep West Virginia. Everybody said the exact same thing about Oklahoma State last year. I'm not predicting that. Um, but, yeah, I think it's 60-40 right now, and you need a series win there to get back kind of in the in the green, so to speak, in terms of thinking that, you can, that, that you're safe to make the postseason. Yeah. Uh, Kyle wearing the cowboy hat to try and prove he's not a city boy. Did you see that? I did not. Did you see Big Hen response? Read, read Big Hen's comment. Who's Nathan? I think that's Nate from the Discord. But it still will make you a cowboy. He's still a city boy at heart. That's fun. You want to know why that's funny, Rob? Why? Big Hen lives in a city with more than a quarter million people in it. I live in an unincorporated area of a county and like everywhere around my neighborhood is undeveloped. So who's the city boy now? Well, he lives in uh, Southwest Lubbock. So that's big time city boy vibes. I bet he drives a Chevy Tahoe, like 45% of the population in Southwest Lubbock. Real G's moving silence like lasagna. Big in said shots fired. Uh, all right. Do you want to talk basketball tonight? What were we going to talk about next? We're going to talk about basketball in the midweek. There's nothing really to bring up. We've talked about it all. Yeah. So the Lady Raiders got a couple big portal additions. Yeah. The men's team. I, the men's bling, team. Bling. I, I think the men's team still uh, has an active program. Are we sure, though? I. Okay, so I said I was going to get worried if the staff wasn't complete by May. I'm I'm worried. Hey, but I heard I heard the other day three and a half somebody hour. the other day said that yeah, somebody the other day said that they were going to uh, hire the third assistant when the portal closed again. He's too busy recruiting. What? You you can't multitask like that. That's a little worrisome to me. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. I've also seen this theory floated that, like, once you hire a coach officially, it sort of boxes them in on some recruiting stuff, whereas if they're kind of, like, agreed to terms but not officially a coach yet, they can operate in some gray areas. That sounds like 4D chess to me that is probably not actually what's going on. So you think Mccollum's already been hired, but he is out there floating around? I don't <laughs> think that. Floating like a ninja? I've heard some people say that they think like that's what's going on. And if that's the case, if like the McCollum announcement is just delayed and then it just so happens that like three really high profile recruits follow shortly after that announcement, I'll, you know, retroactively feel fine about this last month or so. But, but yeah, like you've gotten a couple portal additions. I think that's good, but you still have a handful of roster spots open. You need to fill that out and you've only hired half your coaching staff. So I think, I wasn't – there were people that were, like, worried on day three. They're like, what's going on? Where's our co-? – and, and I was not worried at that point. Now I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, what is what is going on? I'm not worried about the roster until June. Like, that takes time. But the staff, like, you, you don't have a director of recruiting? You're not even trying to hire a staff? Has it, it just not been announced? Like, chief of staff – there's 17 suits on a college coaching staff, and you hired two guys. Like, surely there's, like, support staff. You hired three guys, sorry, because you have a strength and conditioning guy too. And they're all from North Texas. 
comments are oh, it's just weird. Oh, comments sorry, are kind of fixated on me right now. We have a second Nathan in the comments. We've got Jody claiming that I'm big timing people now that I don't live in Lubbock, that I turned on Lubbock. Sounds like Lubbock turned on you. That's fake news. That's that's libel right there. Is libel the written word? Slander. Yeah, libel is the written word. Well, Jody will be hearing from my attorneys on that one. Who are they? Barnett, Howard, and Williams. So he's probably shaking in his boots right now because he knows that Barnett, Howard, and Williams will win in court. Uh, BHWLawFirm.com. I don't think they actually do slander and libel cases. They might. (laughs) No, I think we've asked them before on that. (laughs) They do criminal defense. So if you get accused of libel or slander, maybe they can defend you there. One of the only law firms in Texas that is certified for Title IX student litigation. They do catastrophic injury all that good stuff. I just said catastrophic injury, all that good stuff. Uh, that's not good stuff. No. Which is why they hope you never need them. But should you, it's good to have somebody solid in your corner, and that's what Barnett, Howard, and Williams are, bhwlawfirm.com. Uh, back to Gerlick and the Lady Readers. Do you like the new Bling Bling tweet? Love With it. The- Love it. I love see what I love is that video clip is a year old and they looks like they found a way to capitalize on that and keep it in circulation, which I think is great. She might have seen how cool I looked doing it. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's exciting when there's some kind of bat signal. Um, you know, Joey does the Ric Flair deal. Tadlock says, put it on the board. I don't think Adams ever did anything. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it, it's no, fitting. He just wanted us to retweet if we were with him. Right. It's fitting based on kind of the brand she's building. Like she leans into the um, the outfit stuff, which I think is great. Like that. Yeah. That, it's why NBA players do it. Like they want to show up to the game, walking through yeah. the tunnel, wearing whatever suit or throwback jersey. Well, she's, she's cool. Yeah. It's a good recruiting tool. Yeah, she's it cool. Ma- makes her likable. Um, it keeps the fans interested and engaged beyond just the game. And so, yeah, I think she's. I think that's the perfect kind of like term that the good news is coming. Bling bling, and that video clip. I think it's perfect. So I love that they're doing that. Give me a wink, huh? Give me a wink and a point. <laughs> oh, and a point. Do you need me to walk by like you do? It? Well, yeah. I just. I meant like the girl. You were doing like a subtle wink. There you go. Hell yeah. I'm in like a seven uh, foot room, so I can't actually walk to the other yeah. edge of the frame here. Is Kyle wearing hats because he's growing out his football mullet? Hey, man. I, I certainly could. You see this I've lettuce got, coming out? I've got a thick head of hair. Look at this. I got some I got some heat coming for Laramie. There it is. Not cutting my hair till Laramie. Let's go. Like Samson. Oh. Uh, all right. Hey, so Jay-Z note. and Jackson. Wait, wait, wait. On that note. Can we finish Gerlich? Okay. Lady Raiders? Do sure. you want to remember that? Yep. Is it a Laramie point? It's a non-conference football point. Well, go ahead. <laughs> we asked last you episode. We asked last episode, Oregon is your biggest non-conference home game since when? Uh-huh. And one of my favorite Twitter follows slash followers, Clark, says that we hosted Nebraska right before the Big 12 
1994, they were number one in the country. So I think that's the winner. That's like, so we're looking at basically 30 years. I would yeah. say that's your biggest home non-con game in, in roughly 30 years. And Oregon can be top 15 easily. Certainly. Depending on what else happens in the first couple of weeks. All right. Jay-Z and Jackson, one of the new Lady Raiders. Jackson from UTEP. 11.6 points per game, 5.8 rebounds, two and a third assists, two steals, 36% from three. It's solid. The last you 20, took or you took in basketball turned out pretty darn good for you. Bryson Williams. Uh, 2022 McDonald's All-American nominee 6-1 Jada Wynn committed to the Lady Raiders after spending her freshman season at Colorado. Shot 38% from three. This is all from Seeing Scarlet, by the way. If you want to follow the Lady Raiders and stay up to date, Seeing Scarlet, at Seeing Scarlet underscore is their Twitter handle. So, there you go. By the way, um, the softball team beat Oklahoma State once this weekend, and that was the first time they beat them since 2018. They got something going there. They're about where the men are, the baseball team is, and uh, RPI and, and schedule and everything. You seen that? Both the Red Raiders, by the way. Yeah, why, why, why isn't the softball team Lady Raiders like the bat? Is only the basketball team the Lady Raiders? Yeah, because Marcia Sharp wanted to differentiate herself from the rest of the campus. So, like, like in a good way, building a brand, the Lady Raiders, yeah. So even like I get yeah now that I'm thinking about it like track and field and volleyball is the Red Raiders. Huh? Interesting. Yeah, that was Marsha Sharp. I kind of like that. <laughs> like just a little bit of unique. Yeah. I don't know. Unique New York. Unique New York, unique New York. Tip of the tongue, the teeth and the lips. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. <laughs> What else you got? Selfish and shellfish. No, on the episode, not tongue twisters. Oh, um, no other Red Raiders were drafted after Tyree Wilson. We covered that on Thursday night, but I think the names we suspected might be late round picks were picked up very quickly in undrafted free agency. We got Muddy Waters to the Jets. Muddy and the Jets. Trey Wolf to the Titans. And Sir Roderick Thompson is going to NOLA with the Saints. And I'll be honest, that's the one I'm maybe most nervous about just because they also drafted Kendra Miller. They have Jamal Williams. They have Alvin Kamara. That's And teams don't keep more than three running backs, sometimes only two on the active roster. So that's going to be a tough one for him to make the team. But guys can make a living going on the practice squad. I mean, I, that still pays better than podcasting for sure. So he might be able to make a run out of this or start there and then go to another team for training camp or something. But uh, good to see those guys get picked up very quickly after the draft concluded. Yeah, excited for Trey Wolf. Excited for Sir Roderick. Excited for uh, Muddy Waters. Um, start that's, that, those good spots, good spots. Start bench cut those three in terms of likelihood of being on an NFL active roster week one. Man, kickers. Oh, 
kickers are so hard. Start muddy, bench Sir Roderick. I would also start muddy, but I'm benching Wolf and probably cutting Sir Roderick again just because of the nature of at least the first landing spot for him. He might bounce around, but that's going to be yeah. a really tough roster to crack at his You've just seen so many, so many rookie running backs just do so well. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you might. You might see him bounce around and, and get somewhere else. Maybe a, an injury or two. Hope it doesn't happen, but if it does, he can he can bounce back. Um, then around the Big 12 in the draft, Deuce Vaughn to the Cowboys. I love that. I was going to definitely follow him wherever he landed. And I don't know how many times the NFL has to learn this lesson, but a guy like that can play. Is he, can yes. he tell the rock 300 times a season? No. Can he be a really, really, really good player for you? Yes. And so the fact that he fell as far as he did, it wasn't unexpected. But someday the Deuce Vaughns of the world are going to go second round where they deserve and quit falling to the fourth or fifth or sixth. Um, so that one was cool. Pretty much every TCU player, I think, ended up in California. They were all drafted yeah. by either the Chargers, Rams, or Niners, I think. Um, Tank Dell from Houston, speedy wideout. Stays in Houston with the Texans. I think that's where Xavier Hutchinson, wide receiver from Iowa State, also landed. Who else am I missing? Where did Roshan Johnson go? Do not remember. I can't remember either. I think he was third or fourth round. Anyway. We can catch up on that, but the, I think the Deuce Vaughn pick was the one I was most excited about. Chicago. Mm. Yeah. The Bears. The Bears, the Bears, the Bears, the Bears. Uh, there's only two questions in the Diversified Lenders mailbag. We've been doing kind of a version of the mailbag throughout the episode, though. Yeah. Uh, first question coach Gerlich has sparkly boots and a sparkly basketball did you see that sparkly basketball i did not oh, it's bedazzled it's beautiful uh, what's next to be sparkled and i'm gonna add if you had to wear a sparkled item what would it be i think for Gerlich, a nice sparkled cowboy hat yep, would be a be nice, nice. it was some like sparkly red boots if I was going to wear a bedazzled item, probably like a like kind of a rhinestone cowboy look with like a a jacket, like a leather jacket with some rhinestones on it or something. Leather. Yeah. That's a little uh, minute work for me, but I'd go denim jacket. Not minute work. Who sings YMCA? The village people. Leather jacket, bedazzled with little village people for me. You like the village people? Don't know anything about them. Oh, come on. You know the village people. I do not. They dressed up like construction workers and cops and y- YMCA. I know the song. I, if you gave me 100 you guesses, I wouldn't have been there. able to guess who sang it. All right. Go Google the village people. Okay. Not right now. The other question in the mailbag, there's another one that's like way too insider, in my opinion, on the Discord. So we'll just keep that one in the Discord. Uh, but the other one is, what is Rob's birthday wish? 
My birthday wish is uh, completed, man. Just spending time with my friends, you listeners, and Kyle doing this podcast. Uh, it's pretty much all I'm going to be doing for the next month. <laughs> going to take a couple of weeks off and try to find myself and get into it and get back on track in, in a lot of ways. Um, but I appreciate the support from everyone, uh, from you, Kyle, and, and from all the, the friends we've made along the way. Um, it's been good, and I appreciate it. I really do. And that was it's it's tough to leave a place you've been for eight years, but I'm excited about our trajectory and, and our atmosphere that, that we have going on. That's a good segue. Have you noticed that there's more Picadors on the stream and in the chat than usual? I have noticed that. That's because all of them pitched in to get you a birthday gift, which I'll go ahead and present to you now. Our Rangers are hosting the Astros for a four-game series the weekend before the 4th of July, and we've hooked you up with four tickets, one for each night, and then with a little bit left over, a Visa gift card for beer and hot dogs or whatever else you want. So, Oh, and you get free lodging at Casa de Jacobson that weekend. That is amazing. That's amazing. I appreciate it. That's awesome. So happy birthday. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. That's that's really cool. We'll have to catch maybe a Laney Wilson show, too. I think she's there that weekend. <laughs> I thought you were done with the, the models and the superstars. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Have to go find Margot Robbie again. Hard to quit. Um, but, yeah. We, we have a, a Margot Robbie joke here, too. We've got some DFW folks that I think are excited for that weekend. They're going to plan to go. So, I'm sure we'll do some tailgating festivities maybe over at Texas Live. Uh might have a slumber party at my house. Who knows? But uh, hopefully you're off that weekend because that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I am. That'll be great. Ross, bringing the Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I do appreciate that. Astros, man. Yep. Hopefully we'll still be in first by July. Oh, we will be. If we're not, we'll four-game sweep them, and then we'll retake first place. There you go. So, anyway, that's why I made you uh, stream tonight instead of waiting till the midweek. Right. Worth it. More like last rows, Ross says. Good one, Ross. Oh, the Houston Texans are in the chat. <laughs> Bryce Young is Teddy Bridgewater 2.0. <laughs> that's from the official right. Houston Texans team account. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> cool. Final thoughts? Um, go baseball team. <laughs> I'm still going to watch and, you know, hope for the best, but oh man, Aww. they make it frustrating sometimes. So, uh all you can do is try and straighten it out in Morgantown. We'll see. Do you have any final thoughts? No, I, I mean, I pretty much gave it when I was talking just a minute ago. So, all right. no baseball team. We'll see y'all in Valhalla. Love y'all. Love y'all. <laughs>